Today, we're talking about the surprising reason behind why you might be people pleasing. So grab a cuppa, pull up a chair, and let's get started. When I'm with you, when I'm with you. Hi, I'm Carolyn. Hi, I'm Megan. And this is Talking Resolve. Where we discuss real life problems to help you understand how fight and flight and unsupportive meaning takes over your life. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about why do I people please? It's an interesting topic. It is. It's a good topic. I think a lot of us do it. I think a lot of us resonate with it. I say us in that because I probably do it a little bit myself. (laughs) I think it's important to distinguish when you're helping someone versus people pleasing because I think there is a difference yeah and the difference I want to say it is and you might have some thoughts on this too is that uh, it's when it costs you yeah so when it when you're doing it and as a result you're worse off in that situation because you've done people pleasing when you're helping somebody there's no there's not really a cost yeah and I think the motivators come into it isn't it that's what we're going to be probably covering behind yeah what motivates you to people please as well because it doesn't change the outcome necessarily of what you're doing sometimes which is what you're talking about with the cost maybe but it changes how you feel about it as well yeah so if if I'm agreeing to somebody uh, something and I do it from the position of I genuinely want to help no skin off my nose if I help uh, it's not really impacting how I'm living my life to do this in fact if anything it's enriching it that's a nice positive motivator But if I'm doing it for the reasons that we're about to talk about, which are from a negative viewpoint, where it's costing me, where I'm not living my life as a result, because I'm so focused on pleasing those around me, Mm. then, then it's a problem. So that's why I think it's good to distinguish between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So we're focusing on the the negative, the why we people place. Yeah. And I think we've we've just covered some topics here. Um, the unsupportive meaning behind why we might people please should we start there sure yeah so we've got um, maybe people have a negative limiting belief that they might not be good enough they feel like they might be there's a fear of badly cared for or feeling badly cared for Um, not acceptable I guess a list of unsupportive meanings could go on and on (laughs) anyone can a lot in there a way that somebody who's listening to this might be able to work out what their unsupportive meaning that they've come to. So that's the conclusion, the decision Mm. that I've made about myself that now limits the expression of who I am. So that's like the, I'm not enough. So have a think about what would happen. What does it mean if the person that I'm trying to please doesn't accept me Mm. or rejects me or abandons me or whatever it is? What, what would that mean to me? What would, how would that make me feel? Yeah. And if you say, oh, it would make me feel less invalidated, then that's probably already how you feel. So it's a good way just to, to, you might not come up with anything, but if you have a think about how would it, how would I feel about this? How, what would I think about this um, if that actually happened? So yeah. that can kind of lead you to what your limiting belief and unsupportive meaning are. So where does unsupportive meaning come from? We've talked about that life experience. (laughs) Yeah. Unresolved life experience. We've talked about this a couple of times too, because we want to distinguish between also, we're going to do some distinguishing today uh, between a life experience versus a trauma, because it can be an experience that wasn't traumatic, but it's something you don't understand that happened to you. Yeah. It's also can be traumatic, 
But yeah. that's why we say unresolved life experience because we include trauma in that, but it also includes those experiences we just didn't understand. They weren't particularly traumatic or traumatic at all. You just didn't understand them. And this yeah. is the example I've been using in our course that we're running uh, in Reinvigorate, which is my example of one when I've discovered I can't run, which was yeah. a limiting belief. That wasn't particularly traumatic. That was just mystifying for me. I couldn't work out where I was moving. This is when I was about eight. Um, I was moving exactly the same way as the person next to me, but they would run faster than me. And I just, yeah. I, I was mystified. So my mm. decision was, well, clearly I can't, I must be doing it wrong. I can't run. Yeah. So, and so that becomes a limiting belief. And then that showed up later in my life as of physically not actually being able to do it. My legs would go all tangled and I'd fall over. So it was really interesting then to explore where that came from. And it was because of this experience that I had where I couldn't understand why I just with a limited experience of an eight-year-old, I could not understand why I was doing the same thing as the person in the lane next to me. And I always came last. And I think always it's important to add that the subconscious remembers everything or it knows everything. It knows everything that's ever happened and it knows it in great detail. And that's why an, an experience that you've had when you're eight that you can't fully understand can still impact us when we're when we're an adult. Yeah, so I think that's why I wanted to make that distinction, that, yes, mm. it can be traumatic uh, and it most likely is. It's certainly far more frequent that it's going to come from a trauma, but it doesn't have to. It can yeah. also come from those experiences that, uh, that we just don't understand. And so I guess we could even bring that back to people-pleasing. Maybe, maybe we could connect that back. Like for some people, if they're not a good runner, they won't be part of the running group that they want to be a part of and they're not in a bonded they're not part of a group that they like a bonded group and they yeah. might be left out or like good, yes. not good enough or I'm not saying that's your experience but it's certainly an experience that no I have no desire to be a to, runner so no <laughs> <laughs> it's not stopping me living my life um so but yes you're right it, if it's uh something that means my my position in my herd is being threatened uh, and that's that's disaster for us as humans because that's what our survival or our flight and fight response is all about is making sure that we live and we have learned from an evolutionary standpoint that when we're in a collaborative group we survive better mm. so that's why we've developed this ability to bond we bond to a group uh, so in modern society this is perhaps family and for those that don't bond well with their family it'll be a friends group might be community it might be a sporting group, um, or it could be all of those, your work colleagues. So, and you, each of these is a different herd. There may be some overlap in some of them, but they're a different herd that we want to belong to because if we belong to a herd, the herd will support us, collaborate with us, help us when we're not, not well. And uh, so that's what we want. And when we can't have that, we realize maybe things are a little bit more dangerous for us. Do you remember we talked about, I think in a previous episode, that what the that anthropologist talked about what was her evidence of civilization do you want to tell do you want to tell that story the broken leg mm. uh, the healed broken femur I think it was a female yeah. and proved that there was people taking time out to take care of another part of their I guess back then maybe tribe mm -hmm. um yeah so it's that I guess before that they weren't if you broke your leg you died <laughs> Yes. Whereas when you started, someone started to tend to you, care for your leg, make sure everything was okay. You had you. 
feed you, bring, yeah, there was survival. It's interesting, maybe this is another tangent, but I've been watching an interesting series at the moment about um, octogenarians, I think it's, is that centenarians? Centenarians. And, 100 year olds. 100 year olds. Yeah. And how many, like in the support networks, they're in villages and the support networks that are around them and it's that bonding and that socialization and the um yeah connection that keeps they're looking at all the areas like sometimes it's the food and it's the altitude or whatever it might be for the different they're called blue zones so I guess people can look up blue zones one in Japan isn't it yeah there's a quite a few all over like different countries there's Greek country uh, Greek part of the Greek islands there's all yeah there's all different ones but there's there's a lot of commonality between them which is movement but also bonding I think bonding is the other the other one yeah movement's an interesting one I watched a talk yesterday about what you can do to prevent um, Alzheimer's and things like Mm. that and people think it's maybe doing your daily Sudoku but the research is now showing that it's movement so if you're going for a walk every day or if you can't go for a walk dance in your chair whatever it happens to be but movement is critical for brain health which we already know that but they're actually been doing some studies on how it can prevent slow down the progression of any sort of cognitive deterioration well I think one of the examples they gave was um places with a lot of hills yes yeah. Well, that's a bit challenging to walk up, isn't it? I yeah. Know, I so there's the like stairs and hills and there, there's a lot, there's a blue zone with a lot of, I think there might Movement. be. Too. I haven't watched a lot of them, but the ones I've watched have been really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think, but I think, I think bonding's up. as critical. You see, yeah. I think people who become very isolated, they'll mm. go into a depression, which further isolates them. Um, they don't feel accepted in the herd. They don't mm. feel like they're, if they say to somebody in the herd, and I use the word herd because it's just a it's a good collective noun for a group of people working together. I don't mean it to be derogatory, yeah. but whatever your collaborative group that you bond with, your bonded group, when you do that and you have a bad time and they're aware of it, then that's when they step in and say, "What can I do to help?" You know, can I? You see this with um, mothers groups. You know, new yeah. mothers that get together and one of the mothers might be struggling and suddenly the other mother group is turning up and they're cleaning the house and they're cooking meals and they're, you know, they just, everybody pitches in. So it's that moment. And I think when you, when if you become isolated from a, because you can't bond or you haven't found your herd, then that just leads you down a path of loneliness, aloneness, disease, and then you die, basically. You're not but gonna I think we it. need to also probably cover the fact that if you are finding it hard to bond so people pleasing is an unsupportive behavior from people for people who might find it hard to bond but if you are finding it hard to bond there are things you can do to work on your bonding without you know having to people please yeah without having people please without having having to just you know oh just talk talk to people or just because for some people it's not that easy and I think I always sort of go play the devil's advocate side of all of our <laughs> conversations because you can see people sitting at home going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to bond with people, but I just I just can't. And that comes from unresolved life experiences, fight-flight response, social engagement system, which is another aspect of it. But, yeah, so it's really helping people understand that by doing some inner work, you can change your ability to bond. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. It's not that you don't have, I don't think you have an absence of the ability to bond, quite the opposite. Yeah. Because uh, you'll tend to start bonding to things or animals rather than people if you struggle with that because of an experience that you've had in your past, traumatic or otherwise. Mm. So you'll be really attached to your pet or you'll be really attached to, you know, watching certain types of shows on television that depict bonding. Yeah. You know, so I might really be interested in dramas that have got, you know, lots of discussion around bonding or where there's bonding dysfunction because I want to feel normal. So I'm going to watch Love Island and things like that where there's a lot of bonding dysfunction. And I feel like now I've found my herd because I I know I'd be accepted in this group because I can tell by their behaviours I'd be accepted. But you're not part of that group. So you're sort of doing it at a distance. And that's where it's unhealthy when we start substituting other types of bonding because we can't do it with people. I think it's such of, a massive topic, isn't it, though? Yeah, I mean, there can be lots of um, things like if you're neurodivergent or something like that, you've got, I think those are unique challenges as well. I have, um, you know, some somebody I know who really struggles to make friendships because she's, she, in her words, always puts her foot in her mouth because she doesn't mm. really understand how the dynamics of social interaction work. Uh, so she struggles. So, mm. and I think that's a lot of people, you know, they, they might be sitting here listening to us going, oh, I wish I could just talk like you two do and have a conversation, but I can't. And I think what you said before, it's important to understand where that's coming from yeah. so that you don't sit there and go, there's something wrong with me. No, there's not something wrong with you. Something happened to you. Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. So you might've been separated from mother at birth for three weeks because you were put in a humidity crib. That has a significant impact on your ability to bond yeah. because you've been taken away from your mother. Yeah, I think it's anything that happens um, in those first two years can really impact people. Yeah, there's lots of science behind that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so. it's not it's not irredeemable. Exactly, not and that's like, why we're here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not something that you have to put up with because, oh, well, that just happened to me. You just have to accept me how I am. You, that's just the way I am. When people say that's just who I am, that's a justification that's a defense because they feel unacceptable somewhere. Yeah. So they're telling you, accept, accept me like this. That's a defense posture. So that's like, do this or we're not, we're not having a conversation. So I'm getting ahead of it. So before I find out whether you accept me or not, I'm telling you, this is the way I am. This is how you have to accept the relationship. I'm setting the rules. If by controlling that, I'm trying to prevent the rejection. Yeah. So I'm getting ahead of it. That's why I do that. So the mm. people pleasing is like that as well. By saying yes to everybody at my cost, I'm doing this because I don't feel that I've got a way to bond with these people unless I do this strategy of people pleasing. Yeah. So yeah. if I don't do this, what's going to happen? Mm. Oh, well, they won't talk to me. I won't get invited. Oh, they won't ask me again. So these are the fears that are start to come into our head and that's why we go, well, I can't have that. The end, the, the way the subconscious thinks is the fear is that they won't accept me. If I'm not accepted, then I could die because I know that if I'm not part of a bonded group, my chances of survival are greatly diminished. And this is the that's only what, way I know how to do it. Yep. So this is a strategy that I've adopted. Yeah. Uh, recovering people pleasers say when they started saying no, it didn't change things except it changed them. Yeah. They suddenly took their power back. You're not being dictated to by other people. And you might not even realize that that's what you're doing mm. by people pleasing. You're handing your personal power over to somebody else mm. for your happiness. 
Yeah. As soon as you do that, it's that's you living your life their way. Yeah. Not your life your way. Yeah. All that external validation stuff. It's another reason why we people please. Yeah. I don't feel I'm accepted. I don't have any any sort of validation process within me. I don't recognize what my talents are. I tend to recognize what my problems are. Yeah. And we've talked about that before in previous episodes too. Why do we adopt a pessimistic outlook? Why yeah. do we go down that negative thinking rabbit hole? It's because that's what saves us in flight and fight. Mm. We talked about the tiger in the bushes that jumped out and we survived. And the next time we walk past that bush and we hear rustling, we don't go all sunshine and rainbows and say, oh, it's probably birds or it won't be the tiger because, you know, it's a different day, mm. it's sunny. You don't do that because if the if it is a tiger again, you'd be lunch. So we don't we go, oh, no, that could be a tiger. I'm going to head the other way just in case. I think we've gone a fair way into this episode before we said the word fight and flight today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because I think you started it with um, saying um, there's unsupportive meaning here. We, started we did. It in a we different did. Spot. <laughs> and that's, I think that's really important because we're, even though we talk about flight and fight and then unsupportive meaning, it doesn't necessarily have to go in, in that order. Yeah. So I think we make sense first. We have to make sense of something first. That's the critical thing. When we're practicing our methodology, we always have the scope for the the seven or eight now billion people on the planet. It can go anyway. It's always yes. based on your own personal life experience mixed with the life experience of the person you're choosing to work through your things with. And yeah, yeah it can go anyway in any order and there's no right or wrong. And that's what we love about. Yeah, it's How different it. every time. It's exciting because you walk into a session and go, where are we going to go today? I know we're going to go to flight, fight and unsupportive meaning. Yeah. But not necessarily in that order. No. I, I, it's going to turn up, but it's the the excitement of knowing it could be anything. And when you find something that you've never come across before, which is pretty frequently actually, mm. uh, and you go, oh, that's really interesting. That's That's really interesting how they've interpreted that experience or... Uh, you know, what decision they've come to with that. And it really then, when you start to see that play out through their symptoms, um, like feeling, feeling, uh, being in a state of freeze, and then they have on their list of why they're coming to you is, oh, I, I can't seem to control my temperature. I'm cold all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're in a freeze response. Yeah. So I like the metaphysical connections to it too, because that just makes, it's, makes sense to them as to why you've got a temperature problem. Of course, there could be other things going on. Of course there are. But yeah. it's just nice when those sort of, you know, the, the thing I've got a sore throat all the time, but I'm not speaking my truth. I think that's the hard part for us sometimes because it's the, because it because it can go everywhere or anywhere and we have the capacity to do that with the tools that we use or the methodology that we use. It's really hard to narrow it down and nut it down and say, well, it's going to be this, 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 this and this because it's not. No, it's not going to be that, no, that, 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 and no. that for you. And it's not going to be that for them. Um, for one person, it might be, then you go, oh, that's such an interesting thing. I wonder when that might turn up for someone else. Guess what? Probably in two years <laughs> or if at all, because yeah, yes. sometimes those things that you really think, oh, that would be help for so many people, but it's not appropriate for the next, you know, however no. many people you see. And that's the, that's the beauty of the freedom of, a flexible procedure or methodology. 
Yeah. I mean, we're not, we are selling resolve, I suppose. But yeah, but I'm talk, talking about people pleasing, aren't we? We'll get back we on are, topic. And, but I think to bring it into all of this, because it's going to show up for differently for everybody, it's going to come the from underlying the underlying reason for everybody. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, we might be people pleasing, but it, it might show up one way for you. You might do it at work and not at home. You might, um, you know, do it at, for strangers and not for family or for family and not for strangers like it's going to show up differently for everybody it's going to come from a different place for everybody and I think that's yeah why which I was talking about yeah how, how it plays out through our methodology yeah I think context is important because of but and that can be really confusing for somebody is why am I people pleasing at work I don't yeah. do this with my family at home or yeah. why do I people please at home I don't do this with at work I'm like yeah. the boss lady at work, but I can't bring that at home, yeah. um, into my home, for example. And that's the context is really important. And we can also get a bit of spillover. So it's not it's not just that we'll have it in one context and not another. You could have it in all contexts that you people mm-hmm. please across the board. Yeah. Um, but it's just to highlight that some people might only have it in one context and not another. Uh, and that'll be something's happened in yeah. that context. So I've had a work experience where that has gone south for me and now I've realized that if I just say yes all the time I'll I'm in a better position or my opportunity to bond is better I think that's probably a better way of saying it because Mm. often people pleasers get bitten in the bum a lot because they say yes and then can't deliver yeah and that's what I mean by the cost you say yes you can't deliver you say yes you have to sacrifice something else that's important to you, like time with your kids, for example. Yeah. Uh, so because all in this quest to feel that I belong to the herd that I'm trying to belong to, that's mm. why we people please. Yeah. Because of a flight and fight, well, because of an experience that's unresolved, puts us in flight and fight, we've created an unsupportive meaning and then we create strategies around that of how do I defend this now? Mm. I've got this belief that I'm not acceptable. How do I defend that? What's the strategy? People please. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know I how think, we were going for time, by the way. Yeah, I think we're getting close for <laughs> time. I don't know. I forget. I never pay attention. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it just made me think of something else that people pleasing, we get them on side before they can attack us. Is that, do you think that's Yeah, no, that's a good point. We talked about yeah. this before. I was about to ask you, is there anything on the list that we've missed? Yeah. This is, this is the friending. Yeah. So we talk about flight, fright, you, yeah, I'll say that again. Flight, flight. <laughs> Freeze faint but there's other ones as well there's friend fib there's a couple of other ones um but friending is also a people pleaser so Mm. friend is a uh women do this much better than men but men can still do it particularly it's very um noticeable in our culture here in australia because we use mate so Mm. men will diffuse situations by saying mate you know just just take a minute take a breath or come over here mate and tell me about it so we'll use this friending in order to diffuse a situation women do it particularly well uh and people pleasing is a friend strategy yeah. is that we're trying to diffuse our own flight and fight response how we're feeling about the situation by adopting the strategy of friending mm. so i'm not fighting not fighting not freezing not fainting i'm using friend as a defense yeah. So that's another another F. That sounds like a bad thing, but it is another. <laughs> it's another F in the flight fright flight. There, I can't say it today. What's just going on? You can't say it today. I did say I might I have said it enough today. this week. <laughs> oh, so much, so much. 
yeah. All right. Well, I think we're getting close to time anyway. So I would like to invite people to subscribe. It's really important to get our message out there, help people understand that they're normal and it's a survival response, unsupportive meaning, fight and flight. And the more people that can understand that, I think the nicer the world might be, which is a big, a big. Yeah, I, I think we'd have a we'd have a lot more compassion mm. for others, uh, and they in return would have compassion for us mm. if we we just knew about the you know this survival system that we have not just that but how unsupportive meaning really factors into it I think that's the missing link it's just not talked about in terms of what our survival response does there's lots of stuff online where you can read about flight and fight but not a lot on what maintains it yeah why do we stay in it Mm. Um, and they may even be able to link it back to the experience well you clearly haven't resolved the experience without telling you how to do that well you have how you do it is the inner work Get to that unsupportive meaning. You have to. If you can't change that unsupportive meaning, the symptoms will not go away. You can have strategies that will mitigate the symptoms, make you feel better, but as soon as you're challenged again, it'll all be back. Mm. So unsupporting meaning is what you have to get to. Very good. All right. All right. Nice talking to you. you (laughs) Oh, and I will say, you said subscribe, but if you don't want to subscribe, which is fine, just hit a like. Mm. the like button because that helps our algorithm and please comment right you know if you're a people pleaser and you got something out of this please share your your thoughts we'd love to hear from you yeah all right all right see you later bye it's all right it's